1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wrestling of the Max's Raw Review for November 27th, 2017. And we are brought to you by W2Mnet.com. Please come check out all our great podcasts. If you want to go find everything under the sun when it comes to wrestling content, when it comes to podcasting, we are the place to go. So go check it out i of course want to make sure you also don't forget the w2m network where you can go find all the other great podcasts that w2mnet.com has to offer like video games which is a big deal over there plus we also get into some football soccer and entertainment so you will not be bored go check out both streams go so basically subscribe rate and review to whatever one you want if you want both do it just go give us those five stars that we need uh, also want to make sure we give some love over to 411mania.com and last word on prowrestling.com both great supporters of ours and we appreciate it i of course am gary vaughn and along with me is your normal host paul Leeser. hey yo And, uh, Paul, I have to apologize to you first, and, of course, to everyone else listening tonight. I had a family, you know, I guess a situation. I'll be honest with everybody. I had a family member pass away on me this evening, and right before Raw took place, I had a lot of things going on, a lot of phone calls to make. So I did watch Raw all the way through. I DVR'd it, kind of fast-forwarded the commercials. I I, I was there, um, but if I missed something, please forgive me. My mind was... 50-50 on Raw, on all the other things going on in my life. So if I say, hey, it was so great to see Sting back in the ring, please understand, (laughs) I meant Brom Strowman, okay? So...
0: (laughs) Give me a break here, guys. Uh, Sting (laughs) equals Ron Strowman tonight, folks. Remember that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Hey, you know, you never know. I may be throwing out some even older references.
0: Oh, boy. Oh, sorry once again about the loss, man. It's it's always tough to lose a, a family member.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely is. I definitely appreciate it. And I've I've gotten lots of love on Facebook, and uh, I appreciate all the love for sure. So I'm gonna get through it. And hey, getting through it is what I do when it comes to enjoying podcasting. This is something that's kind of taking my mind a little bit off of all the sadness. So hmm. let's do this thing, Paul.
0: Yeah, let's let's dive right into this thing because this is a raw. That is as scatterbrained as we're probably going to be tonight, Gary, because I'm kind of tired, but uh, (laughs) we have Roman Reigns open the show, Uh, he's out here to flaunt his newly won Intercontinental Championship, uh, and basically goes over all of the Shield success, Uh, The Miz, uh, we get to see footage of The Miz basically getting beaten down in the aftermath of Raw last week, and... All this other stuff, and says, you know what, I'm going to be a fighting champion. If you want to take a shot, just step on up and take it, and I'll be ready for you. This, of course, brings out The Miz, who uh, has The Miz Taraj run them down, uh, run Roman down, essentially. However, before Miz can really get in his shots, here comes Elias, and uh, says, you know what, Miz, you're a good guy. But tonight, it's it's going to be about me. I want the Intercontinental title match. Rains accepts and says, "You know what you should probably look at Axel because I hope you can sing with a neck brace on, so uh, not exactly the most riveting start to an episode of Raw, if you ask me, Gary,
1: yeah, the Mr you know, they try their best to to kind of help out the situation, mm-hmm. right." It's just the lack of Miz makes them boring. Yeah, yeah. The, the the lack of not having him there on the mic kind of makes you kind of think to yourself, "Oh boy, I do remember what Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas were all about." Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not, nothing, and, and that's a shame. It really is because I actually, in a way, do like both guys. I want them to be big. I want them to be stars. I, I, I the heritage is there. It's right. just they're not at that point, and, and they're really not doing anything to separate themselves away from what Miz mm-hmm. is, which. Like I said, lacking that centerpiece is definitely a glaring show here. Mm-hmm. Uh, then bringing up Elias, I have no problem with that. To me, it actually makes sense because what has everybody been talking about on the internet? What has everybody been, you know, really kind of contemplating? And that's the fact that Elias is probably the next guy to hold the Intercontinental title, if not now, down the line, right? Uh-huh. And. I truly believe that that's going to eventually happen, even if it's not this month, if it's three months or maybe after WrestleMania, but it's going to happen. So th- this is not a problem for me. I, I kind of like the matchup here. And, you know, Roman does fine, right? He- he's on the mic here and he says all the stuff that you expect. Nothing out of the blue doesn't blow you away. It's just mm-hmm. as being Roman Reigns. So this is an OK thing, right? This is about average that's what i'll give it average paul yeah. not a great start to the show just very average
0: yeah average about covers it however uh let's follow the shield thread here because after this promo you have seth rollins take on cesaro uh and these guys get a good amount of time this is a great match lots of focus on cesaro's back which ends up playing into the finish um as uh the back injury ends up keeping from Cesaro from capitalizing and allows Rollins to, Rollins, excuse me, to fight off the neutralizer, super kick, uh big back uh excuse me, big uh, springboard uppercut and then uh the ripcord knee strike to get the victory over Cesaro and then he gets interviewed post match saying that him and Ambrose will be coming for those tag team titles once again because they have been inspired by Roman success. And uh, Dean and Seamus, of course, we're not here this evening for. Uh, oh, Seth says that Dean's out on his honeymoon. Uh, so that's sort of whatever. But uh, Seamus getting a night off after getting beat last week, too. So we're already sort of planting the crumbs and seeds and whatever you want to call it to these guys rematching once again.
1: Yeah. And it, it's kind of what they do, right? They, yeah. The shield faces off against the bar. Mm-hmm. What do, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I, maybe I'm a little bit silly on that, but here's the thing: I I, I enjoy these guys. They do a good job. It's kind of like on SmackDown. The Usos, a new day. Keep feeding it to me. This is fine. I don't have a problem with it. But I, I'm ready for something else. Like yeah. I I'm, I am kind of ready to move on. And yeah, they're planting seeds for some things down the line. And. All that, but I'm just like, man, how many times can I see Cesaro, Roman, and or uh, Cesaro, Rollins, Cesaro, Ambrose, and then Seamus thrown in the same mix? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. So, hey, th- th- not a bad match, not maybe not terrible, not great though, mm-hmm. not anything that really super exceeded your expectations. So uh, once again, I, I feel like we're on average street right now, right?
0: I don't know. Yeah. I'm... <laughs> I I mean, excuse the pun here, but the bar is high for these guys. So uh, I'd still put this match at about three and a quarter or so, which is pretty darn good. It's just, you know, you come to expect it. And you're right, it's been going on for, uh, geez, almost what feels like since the beginning of fall. And we're almost at the end of it, uh, getting into winter here. So these guys have been plugging along for a while. And you're right, these guys have great matches uh, it's just sort of, you know, it's starting to feel like old hat and it's really hard for, I think them to try to go in another direction because all the other tag teams are just bleh, you know, I mean, you got the good brothers and yeah, because you're down to Hardy and the revival still has not shown back up yet. So,
1: (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. You're definitely right about that. And it does cause problems and it. Yeah, I mean, I I have to look at myself in the mirror and understand that I have those expectations you're talking about here for everything the Shield does, for everything that the bar has for themselves. So I've got to understand that and kind of put a little bit of expectations behind me. But I think at least they're giving us a solid match. At least this is not Rollins squashing, you know, Dash. You know, maybe right. – or what, is it Dash who's still healthy? I can't remember. Dawson's the one that was injured. Uh Dash out there having a singles match with him or something like that where it's just kind of silly. It's out of place. This isn't silly or we're out of place. It works. It, it gets mm-hmm. the point across. It's just kind of average for me. But that's okay. I, I'm glad average and not low, terrible, boring. Right. You know.
0: Right.
1: So uh, – and I will say this. Oh, actually, I'll ask this from you, Paul. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't really looked at a lot of news. I'm kind of busy around here lately, but uh, is any of that true? Did they kind of break hay-fabe here? Is this really a honeymoon for Ambrose? Is this really a Seamus going to Ireland? Do you know any of that?
0: You know, I didn't find anything saying so, so they could have just gotten the week off or something like that. Uh, I, I would believe the honeymoon bit, though, because Dean and Renee sort of got married on a whim, went to JOP and, and got it done and then came back to work. So uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it, it could be some well-deserved time off for those two. And, and you know, Seamus works hard, just as hard as everybody else too. So maybe he gets the night off too. But I, I haven't found anything confirming that fact.
1: Okay, that's fine. I was just kind of curious. And, you know, hey, I mean, I, I, it's probably smart for Dean and – her to go and have that time and get it done quickly. Cause if Vince would have found out they were getting married, he'd have demanded to be on TV. Right. So. of course
0: <laughs> put that on total divas right now. Hey, well maybe the honeymoon's
1: on total divas. Maybe. Right. So. Maybe uh, so. And maybe we'll have to tune into that for the first week of my life. So,
0: <laughs> uh, we'll, f- uh, fast forward a bit through the evening here. Uh, Elias comes out, sings a pre-tune match talking about the Miz and the Dirage and brings out Axel and Bo, um and they play some pretty awful harmonica that's dubbed very obviously um and eventually lias kind of keeps on rolling on and you have the crowd start a chant for roman and uh he kind of turns it around and says you know what nobody wants to see roman right now more than me cut to the match 15 minutes and it feels like 30 this this was too long i Elias and Roman as a pairing together is not something that needs this long amount of time, even if it is for the Intercontinental title, just because I don't think Elias is the half of the equation that Roman needs to be in the ring with. It should have been a bit shorter. And I understand they don't want to make Elias look like a chump, and props to them for that. But I think you could probably accomplish the same amount of stuff and and do it better in 10 minutes rather than 15.
1: I think that's the theme of the night, though, Paul. It's called dead time, or dead air, or whatever you want to say. It's downtime that should never be there, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I'll, I'll really quickly here. I'll even say this about even Seth Rollins after the little interview Seth Rollins was doing. It seems like it kind of went on and on, right? Mm-hmm. Like he even mentioned Renee Young and, and making fun of her credit card situation, which I'm really kind of curious about now. Like, yeah. did she have bad credit? <laughs> or I don't know. do comment do commentators get paid in pennies? You know, or not? Interviewers, maybe I don't know. So sorry, Renee, you got called out on your credit card situation. Uh, but that kind of felt like it went a well, while. And then you're exactly right here. This at this moment, you understand that, good lord, they just stretched this out as far as they could. And I know a lot of it is to do with what you're saying here. They want Elias to look like he's at least cool, close to equal, not maybe not completely equal to roman reigns but close to it like he's the next guy to kind of mix it up eventually down the line with this guy so i get it i appreciate it but it, it does drag it takes too long at times so i i don't know why maybe they didn't have enough guys there tonight maybe this is a very short roster for this evening but they definitely made you feel it because there was so much downtime. So many times also in these matches that you saw holds and things like that that took forever, mm-hmm. and, and you're just like, good God. So, uh, yes, back in 1972, this was probably the best matches that were ever done because of lots of rust holds. This is a 1972, folks, you know, and, and so I'm sorry. I don't know what's going on here, why they decided to stretch things out like this, but this was a little bit decent match. I'd, I Ida had no problem with it. I think Elias looked very well in this one. I think Roman did Roman and i really had no problem with it even beating up the mistourage things like that didn't have any problem with it what i did have a problem with though was good god how long how just extremely long the musical performance went right mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. took forever sure and did. i i do not need to see dallas and axel both sitting there pretending like muppets that they know how to play the harmonica mm-hmm. I don't need to see that. that. I feel like I was watching Branson, Missouri tonight. <laughs> I, I really did. I, this is definitely I felt like I was an elderly person, like, oh boy, look at them young men, you know. This is not time <laughs> to showcase fake musicians. This is wrestling, folks. W B what the heck? What the freaking heck? I don't get it. It it bothered me, Paul. It really did. I, I don't know I don't know why
0: they did it. Well, I mean, it was bad, so I think you have every right to be bothered about it. <laughs> <laughs> what wasn't bad, though, Gary, uh, is Samoa Joe coming out here in the post-match to attack Roman Reigns and choke him out, uh, which which was great. Uh, and it should also be mentioned that earlier in the night, Joe squashed Titus in about two and a half minutes and then choked out Apollo Crews afterwards uh, just to get that out of the way, too. So Joe looking like the next contender for the IC title. I think he would be a great intercontinental champion if this is sort of a way to get these two feuding. I got no problem with that. I think these two uh, – we've seen these two have great matches. So mm-hmm. let's see that on a big stage.
1: Well, let's definitely do that. and. Oh, yeah. Once again, I've got to give props to WB for this. Sure, I'm going to make fun of them for all the crappy things they did tonight, but I am going to praise them, with, and I want to give them a standing ovation for making Joe look like a million bucks. He looked amazing. They made him look like he's a competitor, a guy that's a dominator, uh, just a pure athletic genius even though you know this is a very short spurts of it this is nothing just great but at least in that match he had against titus he looked like he was really well versed sure he took his lumps sure titus got some which i think that needed to happen Mm -hmm. i didn't need to see a 30 second squash i needed to see a back and forth it was just long enough to feel like titus mattered kind of and then you got a chance to see hey Let's be honest. Samoa Joe has one heck of a, a fist and a, you know, one little punch, and next thing you know, he's choking out the guy. So I think this is great. It makes a coquina clutch look like a million bucks, too. I, I, To me, when you see that visual of Roman sitting there still holding his throat with his eyes kind of glazed
0: mm-hmm. –
1: it's just, it's excellent. Very, very good. And great job of Roman. I'm going to give him a hand, uh, a hand clap, too, because I appreciate it. That cell was very well done. I think he did excellent. So no problem with this. Samoa Joe, please. Uh, I want to see this, and I want to see this feud. I'm
0: actually happy with a Roman feud. Let's make this happen, and let's get Samoa Joe that belt. Oh, I agree with you entirely. I think Samoa Joe with the IC title in a good long run going into mania is just what the doctor ordered. Uh, and he deserves it, too, right? This guy... Uh, basically got a big push to challenge Brock sold it. And maybe one of the most musty matches of the year that people wanted to see. I felt like, uh, especially going into a B level pay-per-view, uh, which turned out to be one of WWE's better shows of the year. Mm. Uh, I I mean, Joe deserves a lot of credit, especially for the work he put in this year. And I mean, yeah, he got hurt for a little bit, but I think the dude has been awesome since the call-up. So let's, let's reward that. Let's see where this goes. Uh, and once again, I, I'm excited for this feud too. It is never thought I would say that about a Roman Reigns feud. <laughs> this, this should be great.
1: <laughs> so people mark it now right here. We're actually praising a Roman Reigns feud, you know, remind us of this the next time we complain about it.
0: Yeah. So. Unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> let's, uh, let's turn around. Let's talk about something that was kind of surprising in the cruiserweights, Gary, getting a good amount of time on the show because, you have uh, Mustafa Ali, Rich Swan, Cedric Alexander, Cedric Alexander, easy enough for me to say, and Akira Tozawa. Uh, they're complaining about the Zoe train. They're not getting the title shots. They're not getting any chances, is what they're upset about. So Kurt Angle comes in, books two Fatal Four Way matches uh, for this week and and, and across uh, next week as well. With the winners of those two matches facing off for a title shot against Enzo, which I thought was was really cool that we're getting this much forward booking on a Raw, uh, of all places, for the Cruiserweights to really sort of stand up and shine. And we get the first one later on the evening, too, because you have Rich Swan, Noam Dar, Akira Tozawa, and Arya Davari going at it. And uh, obviously, with this much of the Zotrain involved in the match, I think it's pretty easy to pick out who was going to win here on Rich Swan, But I don't think that really mattered, because he got to look great across the entire match. Uh, I think everybody really got a, a little bit of time to shine. Maybe not everybody getting as much, but... Certainly Rich Swan looks great coming out of this. Uh, and, I mean, with how much great work him and Cedric are doing, if it's them two going one-on-one, I- I'm sold.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. I-, I would love to see that too. And, you know, the one thing I'm going to give really a, a lot of do to is the fact that they explain themselves for the cruiserweights, right? For Kurt Angle saying, hey, I've been busy. I've had a lot of other things on my plate. I've completely ignored the Cruiserweights, which is very true. It's been very obvious. And now he's making up for it. And I think the the fashion that he made for for it is a really big positive. And it actually makes us care about what's going on with the Cruiserweights because there's a fatal four-weight this week. And, of course, next week something to look forward to. Mm-hmm. And I think it paid off, Paul. I yeah. really was invested in this match. and I, I didn't care that it was long. I'm actually kind of happy that it took some time Mm -hmm. because they really did a great job. All four of these guys, you got to give each of them their due because they definitely put the effort in. They really sold things well. They gave you some big moments in the matches, Mm -hmm. some false finishes that really felt good good like there were several times i actually felt like that match was going to end and it didn't i like that it kept me glued to my tv i didn't feel like it was okay for me to go get a drink and that's really a big positive for me and i I think you know this may not get people to watch 205 right away Mm -hmm. but keep this stuff up keep doing these kind of things and you know make us invested in what's going on and we will tune in for 205 weekly right so I'm, i'm happy with him tonight
0: no, I, I agree with you entirely. Them getting time. If you're gonna let people get extra time, it might as well be the cruiserweights, especially since they get dumped on most weeks. So, uh-huh.
1: uh, and
0: you know these, you brought these guys in because they know how to work. Uh, so, I, I had no problem with them getting almost 13 minutes here. That that was just what the doctor ordered. This felt exciting, uh, and you really sort of get let them just go out there and be be themselves and be cruiserweights. And I think that really worked out wonderfully here, especially because you know that's where Swan's really gonna shine.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. And, you know, you could tell with the way they kind of use Swan that they're behind him, and they really want him to do some big things. And him winning this makes complete sense. I had no... Qualms or issues with him winning, but I I felt like it was very well deserved. It didn't feel forced, and that was another thing that made me really happy with this. Because when you watch this match, you see Rich Swan earned his stripes. It wasn't a sneak, or it wasn't anything that made him look over triumphant for for no reason. No, the guy put his stripes in and and got the victory. So very happy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, you brought up that Kurt Angle's having problems. Let's let's address those problems because Jason Jordan is here. He tells his dad he wants to fight Braun. He wants to fight Kane, and he's tired of people bagging on him for faking a neck, in- uh, a neck, while wow, a knee injury. Um, and Kurt ends up booking him versus Kane. And uh, before that match happens, you have Jason Jordan come out and talk about, you know, basically cry about how everybody's claiming that he's faking an injury and all this other stuff. And he's ready to do what Braun couldn't do, and that is take down Kane. And the crowd is just whatting him. They don't care. Uh, and yeah. he gets he uh, he gets ba- he gets beaten in about a minute 45. He takes a count-out loss here because he starts grabbing his knee. He rolls to the outside. Kane doesn't care. He goes out there, kicks the shit out of him. Here comes Finn Balor to make the save and start up a new match, uh, which this felt completely pointless because they they don't even get three minutes again here. Kane gets upset and uses a chair. Uh, to sort of just beat Finn into the ground some more. And he keeps going after the match and looks like he's going to break his neck with the chair to do doing the whole Pillman thing. But here comes Braun, Gary, he's angry. He's no selling chair shots, which is just wonderful. And then just absolutely annihilates Kane, uh, gets some revenge by throwing him into the floor with the chair across his throat a couple times. And, uh, you know, this is as much as I kind of hate them, Using Kane to squash more young talent again here because Finn still looks like a chump even though he technically wins. And uh, you obviously have a story going on with Jason, so that might be more okay in the long run. But Braun looks great here. This is needs to end, though. I, I'm over Kane already. Just let, let him go away.
1: Uh, I've been very okay with uh, Braun Strowman thinking he you know. For the most part, he's been able to look very dominant, very strong, except for last week where they kind of made him kind of look a little weaker, uh, which, you know, I, I think does have to happen every blue moon. You got to have Braum have that Achilles heel a little bit here, uh, but he, he looks excellent tonight. Give him all the credit in the world. Looks excellent. OK, then you go to Kane. I'm right there with you. I I'm trying to find an election that he can get himself hooked up in to, to <laughs> gonna go away. I, I don't know. I'm finding something in uh, Puerto Rico if I can, or anywhere else in the world. I mean, uh, even the West Indies, somewhere where they really need a politician, Kane's or guy, put him on the ballot now.
0: Uh, <laughs> I just had Kane for Congress.
1: I, hey, Congress! I don't care where, just getting him in somewhere <laughs> else besides the WBE. Uh, okay, and, and to be honest with you, I I like Kane, I've always have. It's just for the fact that. Right now, it just doesn't fit. It, to me, it just feels, just I don't know. It just doesn't feel right. I'm just going to say it that way. I, I just don't appreciate it. I don't really care about it. He doesn't matter to me either way. He's just there. So I just was not into the whole Kane thing. For him to make Finn Balor look like he does at times, kind of weak, it bothers me. I'm, I'm kind of done with this, like you know, fighting love triangle. You know, Kane braum and finn i'm just i'm done with it i don't need to see it i just whatever so i I honestly wasn't overly inspired by any of this the only thing i liked was braum Strowman standing tall that that's all i got out of this and and, you know i love to root for finn but i didn't have much to root for here for finn Mm -hmm. so I,
0: i agree with you they they've given you very little reason to care about him uh, even though everybody seems to, uh, because he's he won a landslide poll of who should challenge for the Universal title at the Royal Rumble. And, I mean, that's great and all. It's just when you book him to look like this, like who's going to care whenever it comes time for TV to maybe make that match if that's what they're going to go with?
1: Yeah, exactly. Let's see this. He can't beat Kane clean, but he can beat Brock Lesnar cup. Come on. Yeah. The, the the best wrestler, probably one of the be- – I'm not going to say maybe the best, but uh, one of the top echelon wrestlers in the world can be Brock Lesnar, which is AJ Styles. I mean, you debate which one you want. You know, <laughs> Kenny Omega, you know, or uh, even I – and mean, you can even throw Kishida up there if you want to. But it's really about Omega. It's really about um, Okada or – AJ Styles all three of those guys are on the top echelon right now in the world and and one of those guys couldn't be Brock Lesnar at this moment how am I supposed to believe that Finn Balor is especially the way he's facing against Kane and old, old man Kane is keeping him in check yeah. that that's a bother and that's exactly what you're alluding to here Paul mm-hmm. so I, I want people to think about that that's why Paul's saying this is because they are not putting him in the light that he needs to be in if that poll is going to matter to us, if that poll is going to matter to WWE executives when they're booking these matches and big, you know, pay-per-view events. So, mm-hmm. oh, it's aggravating. The one thing I will say though, Paul, is I think WB is missing out on an opportunity here to sell another great thing for Christmas. It is your once in a lifetime pillow of Jason Jordan. So, <laughs> It is going to light up when Jason Jordan comes on TV for you to lay your head down, and it'll give you the best rest you've ever had in your
0: life. Um, get, get, You know, it's a his and hers. <laughs> it's a his and hers what? <laughs> Sorry, you cut out here if you're still there, Gary. Oh, no, I lost him. All right, let's see if we can't get Gary back. Go. You know, it's,
1: it's, I think the hers will be the Dana Brooke pillow hmm so i mean you you'd have you know those two matching pillows i think that you know the good brothers would sell them very well that's just me personally <laughs> they're missing out on a great opportunity here so i, I i'm just going to be honest with the people i i get at the one point they wanted jason jordan to do something mm-hmm. but I, I you can tell by the crowd reaction you can tell by the internet you can tell by everybody jason jordan doesn't do it for anybody and Boy, I don't know how well it would have worked out if you would have switched him and Chad Gable, you know, made Chad Gable, that guy. But, ah, Jason Jordan is annoying us. And maybe it's on purpose, Paul. Maybe this is to get the heat. That way it's okay for us to hate him when he's a heel. I don't know.
0: Yeah. I mean, you got to feel like that heel turn's coming. Uh, Mm -hmm. All this, like suddenly he's just, he's turning into a different person before your eyes. And I, I don't know if a heel turn is necessarily going to make him better. But I do feel like they might be able to salvage the Angle storyline if they do turn him heel. So maybe that's a great way to go and sort of reveal that it was a ruse all along and play that into the whole Triple H fiasco that's going on too.
1: Yeah, that could be the case. I mean, whatever they need to do, they need to do it sooner than later though Mm -hmm. because uh, people are going to lose a lot of interest in Jason Jordan and a heel turn won't save it if they don't do it sooner than later.
0: Absolutely. Uh, So before we dive into the women's stuff, which once again was the most entertaining part of Raw to me, we have this sort of interesting little thing here. You have Bray Wyatt come out and uh, give uh, a promo talking about how he didn't have a childhood and didn't celebrate any holidays and talks about how suffering brings him joy and all this other stuff. Basic Bray Wyatt stuff. Here comes Matt Hardy, though. Uh, Quick little match here. Maybe gets about four minutes. Very, very dull. However, what isn't dull is the post-match stuff because Matt is sort of losing himself and starts doing the delete deal more than we've ever seen on TV before. Commentary addresses it as him having a breakdown. Uh, So it looks like we're gearing up for the broken thing, which there still hasn't been any reports of Impact challenging the copyright. So um, if this does go down, we might be getting the broken universe before the end of this year.
1: You know what I mean, I've been waiting for it for a long time, and if finally impact or anthem or who whatever you want to call them the mm-hmm. Dave finally said this is just something that's not really doing us any good. Let's just let it go. Good for them, and good for Matt. I, I think this is something he desperately needs right now because yeah. no Jeff Hardy makes Matt a dull boy. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, see, you got I kind of pull the hairy on everybody right there. I dig it. Uh, yeah, so, oh. but anyway, I, I think that that this is the right time, especially against a guy like Bray Wyatt. How many times have I said this? Mm-hmm. I, I think I've said it. I'm a, Paul. If I'm wrong, you just tell me to my face or to my ears. Tell me that I'm wrong. But I think for a long time, I've said I would not problem have a problem with it if Bray Wyatt or somebody like a Bray Wyatt would change matt from being this kind of cool but old classic legendary wb guy into a nut to this crazy broken guy and it seems to be working i hope that every week we have bray wyatt tearing him down tearing him down even more and i'm not saying him to join the family and do all no 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 i just want bray wyatt's insanity to rub off on matt and to leave him broken and then him, just leave him alone completely. Mm -hmm. And then you can have Jeff come back, even though he's injured, come back and talking to his brother and trying to figure out what the heck's going on. And, and, you know, just kind of have that. I don't know. I just think it's a dynamic that could work. Maybe they're not going to do it right, but if they can, this is good. I'm I'm smiling because I've been waiting a long time to see him being able to do delete Mm -hmm. freely. How many times do they mute him doing the delete? All the time. Now, finally, it's becoming a thing. I want to see full-blown broken Matt Hardy. I just don't know when we're going to see it.
0: Yeah, it's it's not done through, through the courts yet as far as all that's going, so there still might be some time, but it, it certainly feels like it's ramping up. It felt like there was a story in place because Matt Hardy has done nothing but lose since Jeff's gone away, uh, <laughs> and I feel like that's sort of just playing into all this. So uh, if this is something that's been planned out, kudos to them. Uh, but I, I agree with you. Matt desperately needs something to help him stick out without Jeff around. Because without the Hardy Boys as a tag team running around being their old selves, uh, Matt is certainly the less interesting of the two trying to be that when he is nowhere close to what he used to be in the ring. So uh, get this going. Get it done. People will jump back on this in heart It hasn't even been a year yet. Uh, so... It's still fresh, even though the the delete chants from the crowd were a little weaker than I would have liked. But, you know, say la vie, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, and uh, I have talked to Harry about this several times because, you know, we've done the show together sometimes and mm-hmm. sometimes off where we kind of chat about this. And Harry kind of feels like that he is kind of over the broken gimmick. and I And I think you do. Like you said, it's not as loud as it used to be. And I think people have kind of come to the conclusion that it's not going to happen. Let's just forget about it. Mm -hmm. And for those of us that have hanged on to every inch of it we can, it it at least makes us happy. And I think, like you said, I think once they get it going and once it's allowed to be full blown, people are going to jump back on that bandwagon. They're going to get excited. And WB may not let. Matt run with everything that he used to on Impact but guess what they have the power behind him he -hmm. can do all sorts of crazy things and they can have the budget to allow him to do things that maybe he couldn't pay for there may be some gold that we haven't seen that they wanted to do they just couldn't pay for in the past so Mm -hmm. we'll see if it happens I hope it does I'm looking forward to it
0: and it's also going to matter too about how much creative control Matt Hardy has over this deal too, because you know w- they love putting their own spin on things. We- we've just seen it recently with War Games, right? And, and that happened mm-hmm. to work out well. Um, and-, and they don't have a perfect track record when it comes to this either. Uh, so you know, it's it's best to walk into the into this sort of situation with uh, some tentative steps. But I mean, it it anything is better than just Matt Hardy being plain old boring Matt Hardy. I mean. And Broken, it took wrestling by storm last year. So let's just, let's, I'm optimistic. I really want this to succeed. Uh, And hopefully, like you said, everybody else will come running once the, once we have the full-blown Broken Universe in our midst once again.
1: Yeah, and I can't wait till the merchandise comes out because I will probably go and buy that t-shirt yeah not only that i i want jericho hey you know you've got a lot of things going on right now you're not wb send vince that uh, episode of talk is jericho where it was just you and matt broken Hardy talking that was an excellent fun episode i think vince will get a lot of interest in that if he listens to that too
0: <laughs> all right well i i guess we've uh waited long enough to jump into this Let's talk about the ladies. Uh, you have Alexa Bliss come out. They're going to do a six-woman tag team match between Bayley, uh, Mickie James, and Sasha Banks against the uh, newly invading stars led by Paige here with Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose. Mickie James' music hits. Nothing comes. Nothing happens. Nobody comes out. Bailey's music hits. Nobody comes out. Nothing happens. And Sasha is sort of left standing nervously in the ring without her partners because... Paige and Sonya and Mandy come on down. Paige has the microphone and says, um, you know, you look surprisingly good for what we did to you last week. And we get footage of all that happening. And then we get footage of the beatdown uh, that uh, the newly dubbed uh, Absolution Stables, what they're calling themselves, have done to Mickey and Bailey backstage. And Paige sort of starts spelling it out. You know, I, one year ago, uh, I... I single-handedly erased the term diva from the WWE. I, I'm the reason for the evolution. Everything that has happened for you women since I've been gone is because of me. And basically Mandy and Sonya haven't forgotten that, and they're backing her up uh, because before you had goddesses and empresses and horsewomen, there was just Paige leading the way, and they want in on all that, and they want to keep all that rolling. So, um Paige, however, kind of asks Banks if she will pledge her allegiance to them. Uh, Banks instantly refuses by attacking Paige, and we get a big old beatdown on them. And you also have uh, Alexa Bliss and, uh, bailing during all this, too, so she don't get a beatdown like last week either. So I I thought this was absolutely wonderful. And before we get into the other segment with these ladies, let's go ahead and break this down, too, because uh, they've already played this, I think, infinitely smarter than they have with a lot of other stables and groups they've introduced. Absolution looks smart. They look dangerous. They have a plan. And it really, really, really helps the angle get off the lead, or, you know, get its feet off the ground. When you have all these things happening, when you have them look smart and dangerous, and, I mean, it, it's hard not to agree with them, right? There's a point to all of this. It's a nice Breath of fresh air Mm -hmm. to have some
1: common sense in wrestling. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's a lot of times, yes, they do have some things that, you know, sure, it makes sense, but it's very light. It's very loosely based on something, but they don't commit full blown because they're afraid they can't change things if they commit to something. But yet they found a way to, to, in my opinion, commit to this Mm storyline to. Paige was the original. She was the one who brought all this into play. You can go back on the WWE network and actually see it. (laughs) And WWE is usually against going back too far in time because they can't They don't have to base things on the past because if they base things on the past, they have to follow a certain path, and that doesn't work well with them if they want to be goofy or change things up too much. But at least they're doing it here. It feels like a more of a commitment, and that makes me very, very happy. I I think this is all, and I think a good tone as well because – it brings something to the table to someone who we haven't seen in a long time mm-hmm. that actually brings in something that is important. It, it means something. It's not just showing up with Paige and her jumping back in the mix and just being another one of the girls. That's not what this is. It's about her actually bringing a strong presence to this thing mm-hmm. and her taking back over what she feels is rightly hers. And that's the entire division. It's not about a title. It's that has nothing nothing to do with about Alexis title she could care less about Alexis title at this moment maybe later on she wants it mm-hmm. but right now it's about taking the division back to where she had it at one time and if it's using other people to do it that's what she's gonna do and that's mm-hmm. what she gets here and I gotta give a credit Mandy Rose and Sonia Deville actually both did a fine job on the mic mm-hmm. they they didn't do grand, but that's I, I, at least it wasn't the B-movie-esque feel that I was expecting from both of them. They actually did a good job. They kind of made me feel like they could because they brought the emotion, too. So very well done on both of them. And um, I think this all worked. I, I think this be done on, on Sasha Banks, it, it felt good. It felt like it needed to happen. And I'm going to say this, too, Paul, agree or disagree with me, but this actually, to me, made Sasha Banks feel like she matters again. I, for a long time there, I, I've kind of felt like she's in the background. She's kind of a ghost of what she used to be. Mm-hmm. Tonight, it felt like she's back. And, and the reason I say that is because you kind of felt that like angst with her, and you kind of rooted for her again. Where a long time. For, it's not really been there. We haven't had a reason really to root for her.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I will give you that. Sasha does kind of feel like the crux. And if you go back, like you were saying, in the network, it makes a lot of sense. Uh you have you know, Sasha was is one of the four horsewomen. She she's another one who you could argue was responsible for a lot of where the women are at now. And Paige, I think, attacking her and Bailey and Mickey James to a certain extent sort of makes sense too, right? Because she goes further back and uh you could certainly credit her with a lot of the success that the women's division had in the early two thousands, uh, through the mid two thousands. So all these attacks make sense. I really like who they're targeting, and Sasha does feel like she is primarily in the center of the crosshairs right now, and Alexa's just sort of hanging out on the side waiting for, you know, not to get murdered is all she's after, which makes sense for that character too, so I think this is all very smartly well done, and later on in the evening, Gary, they even bring in the rest of the Division too. Asuka squashes Dana Brooke in five seconds, makes her tap out to the flying arm bar, and The, uh, you know, Absolution comes on out. They surround the ring and look like they're about to attack Asuka. However, they back off and let her leave because obviously nobody's ready for Asuka. And we all know this. (laughs) So, uh, really smart there, too. Now, Now you have a tease with Asuka, who is, you know, another fresh face on this women's roster. Has been made to look pretty gosh darn dangerous. And, you know, basically we're just short of bringing in Naya now before you have the whole division involved in this thing. So, this is. Whoever is booking this and putting it together is just crushing it. I thought this was really, really smart.
1: Oh, thank you. I try very hard.
0: <laughs> uh, Gary, you're a genius.
1: <laughs> I, I really wish I could take credit because that would make uh, me a little bit more richer, but uh, I'm not.
0: Uh, <laughs> no, looking I mean, for writers. Uh,
1: yeah, but uh, that sounds like a job that's very unstable. Uh, you have it one <laughs> week. You don't have it the next. I mean, I think I'm safer working. Anywhere. yeah. <laughs> More of a commitment to you somewhere else. Uh, but no, I mean, nonetheless, I mean, you're exactly right on that. I, I think whoever is behind the scenes actually working the storyline. Excellent. Great yeah. job. Some of the best stuff that they have right now on Monday Night Raw. And I am thrilled that it's with this division because this division has taken a dip, a major dip from what it once was. And the excitement was lost. And I think we're finally getting it back. And that is so cool. And I'll be honest with you, Paul. Never in a million years would I thought Paige would bring this to the table. I I never thought. I thought when she comes back, she's going to be halfway motivated. She's not going to be the same person. I think she's brought it. I think the storyline has brought it. And, mm-hmm. and I think, honestly, even the two lackeys here in this situation, the unexperienced girls from NXT have actually felt like that they care and they're bringing it. So to me, this is a perfect storm. But they need to keep building on it. I love this with Asuka because she is the scariest one in the entire division. Mm-hmm. And it's fun to see the tease that she could get beat down. But yet, hey, you know, it's it's not the right time, not the right place. And so Paige is going to have that whole thing where she's smiling. She's kind of saying, oh, well, okay, we'll catch you next time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really, really cool. I, I just, man, it's, it's something that I think that they really hit on the head um, tonight. And good job on them. I'm really looking forward to seeing it. And I'm glad, glad we got a name for this faction. I don't know what they're going to call SmackDowns. But I'm glad that at least we have a name for this faction.
0: Yeah, I mean, there are rumors sort of abounding around right now that Paige is in charge of both. Um, it's just sort of feeding what to do for the girls over there on SmackDown. But I mean, time's going to tell for that one. Uh, this, to me, was the highlight of the show, so I, I really can't wait to see where this keeps going. And, you know, for a lot of talk of amongst, I think, just fans in general of maybe them short shortchanging Paige on her return, Basically keeping her around to hype up the movie about her family and then moving on and letting her go. That's all in the rearview mirror now. Paige is the center point of the biggest story going on in the women's division on either show, I would argue. Um, And certainly, certainly looks like she is bound for a lot of success here because I feel like this is getting a lot of attention. Uh, And it, it feels like a big part of the show. And that's that's excellent.
1: And you're exactly right on that. And that's what something that makes me at least happy about this whole thing is I am getting – exactly what I didn't expect. I I expected all those bad things you just said. I expected her to be in here just to make a flash. Gone. So, I'm happy with it. And and the faction name was, uh, what is it again? Uh, Absolution. Absolution. Thank you. Absolution. So, I can't wait to see on SmackDown if it's Absolution Mm 2.0 or what it is. All I know is Hey, you know, if they want her to be a central leader and, you know, the leader of absolution, I think her name should be Pale Rider. <laughs> so, sorry, Clint Eastwood, if you don't want her to have the copyright, let us know. It's uh, a great <laughs> I movie. kid. I know, I love that movie, but I thought to myself, if they didn't name this Absolution, they could have called her Pale Rider and maybe the Pale Riders, because you got Ruby Riot. I mean, who? Which one is whiter? I don't know. I'm still a little lost. Which oh, it's one? Definitely
0: is- Paige. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> I'd have to put them
1: side by side, but my God,
0: they're both leaders of these factions. They're so white. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I mean, that's that's really all for this show, Gary. There's nothing left but to put a number on it. So, what you gonna give it?
1: You know, to be honest with you, not a terrible role. Not a great role. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually for me, average, I'll throw a you know big old seven on it just because I don't know. I think they stretch things out a little too long at certain points. I think it really did affect me watching this show. Uh, I thought the dumbest thing in the world was that whole music piece we had to sit through. Oof. There's a few squashes here that just kind of uh, um, – I'm gonna give it a six and, and and I would give it a lot less Paul here's my argument for giving it a six okay i I really appreciate the fact that we have the absolution stuff take place to me very strong it was there Not just once, but twice. You had Samoa Joe looking like he actually was a big contender, which he should be. And I think the other thing is, hey, you're going to have Silas and Roman go at it. You got them looking good against each other. At least that's another plus in my books. I'll go a six.
0: I'm going to go a little lower than you. I'm going to give it a five and a half. Uh, And and I think you're spot on. The Absolution stuff is, to me, the reason to watch Raw right now. I felt like the stuff with Roman and the Intercontinental title was a total snore fest. I hated what they were doing with, with Kane and Finn and all that, even though Bronga to look wonderful. Samoa Joe killing people, looking like he's next up for the IC title. Really smart move there, though. Uh, the broken stuff is a nice little tease. And there's some good wrestling on the show. I don't want to take away from Cesaro and Seth's effort, nor do I want to take away from the Cruiserweights' effort, who really shined in their extended role on the show tonight. It's just you had to sit through a lot of super boring stuff, not only to get to the end of the show, but to get to the good stuff. And that that's that's never a good time. I think five and a half is where I'm going.
1: Right, fair enough. So there you go, people. And, hey, let us know what you rated this, raw because we want to know. So make sure you do that by going and finding us on the episode wherever you try get it. Maybe it's on iHeartRadio, Spreaker.com. Uh, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get us, guys. Just go hit that rate and review, uh, and make sure when you review, put in, hey, guys, you know, great job on Raw, or bad job, whatever you want to say about us, but make sure you say what you want to rate it. Hey, if you're on YouTube, it's another great place. We love to check out all the reviews that you guys give us on YouTube. Just give us your rating, why you think that Raw deserved what it deserved, and hey, it's cool to us. Uh, Make sure you also don't forget to go give some love to 411mania.com and last word on prowrestling.com and w2mnet.com. It's itself has all the wrestling podcasts that you can handle so make sure you go check them out lots of great ones and hey also a lot of other great shows on there that are not wrestling like sports entertainment just a lot of great content that you're not going to want to miss out on trust me uh, but, yeah, that's our Raw. Uh, make sure you tune in, though, for SmackDown Live, which will be with Harry and Liz tomorrow night. And also they'll be doing 205 Live. So we'll go check out both those shows with those guys tomorrow. And once again, Paul and I will be back with NXT Friday morning for you guys. We're not just going to do one. We're going to be two uh, two NXTs, which really technically it's, it's just those two big matches that we had last week that we are super excited about talking about. We would talk about it now but we are going to hold off you're going to have to wait till friday morning to hear about it we are going to have a lot of fun talking about those two shows nxt is going to be a double impact for you this week make sure you check out that review show and not only that but check out the wrestling of the max episodes we'll be having this week lots of great stuff there too so thank you guys i am gary vaughn he is paul leaser and we'll catch you guys down the
0: road have a good one guys the following podcast is a w2m network original production Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment.